Welcome to Creating Madness, ladies and gentlemen. Man, do we have a good episode today. We have our news. We have some rankings coming up. But before we get into all the action with me, Ethan, and John, let's go over our partner podcast network, the Unwrapped Sports Network. <laughs> they are the greatest as cheers uh, have shown. I don't know if that was Ethan or John, but whoever cheered was right on point. Uh, check out their partner uh, their uh, partner podcast. They are great. They have a lot of content out there. Check out us, who, of course, uh, our new episodes coming up from the network. Uh, check out their socials, their Twitter, Instagram. They, they basically have whatever. What, whatever social networks out there, check that out because Unwrapped has it. And of course, check out our socials, which is on Twitter and Instagram, uh, underscore, underscore creating madness for Instagram and at ATR madness for Twitter. DM us if you want to become a part of a college basketball group chat, which that is uh, uh, functioning daily. A lot of college basketball content in there, especially during the season. And of course, check out the Unwrapped Sports Patreon. We've explained that before in previous episodes. So go check that out. Uh, either the one five dollar or ten dollar monthly payment. All right, let's start with breaking news, shall we? Um, this is the most recent breaking news that Kevin O'Banner has committed to Texas Tech, uh, much to the dismay of John Kreveling. But let's start with Ethan. What? How do you react to this news? All right. Well, first off, you're looking at the final two teams. You got Arkansas, Texas Tech. Who is the better coach? Arkansas. Who had more success last year? Arkansas. Who has more returning talent? Arkansas. It really looked like all signs were for him to go to Arkansas and just rebuild that team right there, rebuild them up to the Elite Eight again, if not further. He decides to go to Texas Tech, and that was a huge shock to me personally. And, John, I'm sure. I'm very excited to see what he can do in the Big 12, though. You know, I I just think that Mark Adams, despite having a lot of his talent leave, he still managed to retain some of it and still managed to do some good in the transfer portal. And I think that Texas Tech, despite losing – arguably their best coach in school history with a long line of really good coaches. Um, it's still going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to ever return to the Heights or at least in the near future um, that Chris Beard brought them to, but I think they'll still do a lot of good in the big 12. And I think they're going to have, you know, a lot of success moving forward with, you know, Kevin O'Banner and, you know, company, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see what Texas tech can do with O'Banner and some of the talent they retained this season. Uh, but let's give an update on some of the people we interviewed. Uh, Alex Caravan had uh, visits with Northwestern, Penn State, and UConn, two of the schools out in the east, and one in Illinois. Uh, Malik Renau visited Miami and Memphis, two very geographically and uh, and different place style schools. Uh, of course, the U, much warmer than the other, <laughs> if, if we're ter- uh, talking about weather. But two very good programs, one with uh, Laranega and Miami and one with Penny Hardaway in Memphis. We'll see what comes out of that. Jalen Carruth got um, got offers from Buffalo and High Point University. Uh, for those that don't know High Point, they are in the Big South Conference with Winthrop. And they have a big head coach in Tubby Smith who coached uh, Kentucky, Texas Tech, and some other schools. And, of course, Buffalo being part of the MAC, we'll see what comes with that. And t- Dallas Hobbs will reclass to the class of 2023. That is our um, updates for um, our interviewees. What do you think of the, uh, those, Ethan and John? Well, first off, I must say, 
we had a tweet go viral about Jalen Carruth. He is moving up in the rankings as soon as they make the new ones. And look for a lot of special stuff coming with Jalen Carruth and people there. As for now, he's moving up. He's visiting these top schools. Memphis, obviously. Penny Hardaway's gotten a lot of top talent. He hasn't kept it, but he's gotten it. And as for Alex Caravan, that's what happens when you go to IMG. That's what happens when you have that talent. You're getting these big places. Honestly, as of right now, just going off those three schools from everything I've read, I think that Penn State might have one of the better chances at him, which is kind of scary when you think about it. But Definitely. Speaking of Caravan, I think, I think there's a very good chance he could stay with the East with those Penn State and UConn visits. But, John, how about you? Real quickly, um, Caravan, most lethal shooter in the 2022 class. Um, definitely going to be a high major kid. Really excited to see what he has to offer. Malik Rennell, freak athlete and freak player. Um, you know, he, he is going to school in Florida right now, so maybe he goes to Miami. I have no idea. But him and uh, Penny Hardaway and Larry Brown's system where he's running up and down the floor for 40 straight minutes will be really entertaining to see. Finally, Jalen Cruz picking up uh, offers from Buffalo and High Point. Those are mid-major schools and is very impressive, but I think he'll start to get some high-major schools. Lastly, Dallas Hobbs reclassing to 2023. Dallas Hobbs was a pretty underrated player in the class of 2022, but now with him going to class of 2023, he's going to eat. Um, I could put, we could possibly see him in the ESPN rankings. You know, I, I think he's really going to make that much of a difference. But um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and taking a look at some regular um, NCAA news, uh, star Seton Hall player once upon a time, Miles Powell, is suing the school for downplaying a knee injury. And those are some serious allegations against Seton Hall, and he could be entitled to some major compensation if he wins that lawsuit. For sure. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm hoping for to go right in that lawsuit. Because obviously I want him to have justice, but if that's not true, obviously you hate to see a school game blamed for that. But if he truthfully believes that, like a quote from the New York Post, former Seton Hall basketball star Miles Powell is accused head coach Kevin Willard and the team's medical expert and the University of downplaying a serious knee injury that he says derailed his professional career, according to a civil lawsuit filed Wednesday. So I'm just curious to see how this turns out. Yeah, but John, I, I I want you to bring up a point for me. Like, I, I honestly think that these allegations wouldn't have been made if it wasn't at least somewhat serious. I mean, if it completely derailed his professional career, who knows what the wear and tear in that knee actually was downplayed, right? Yeah, and we saw a big uh, time left from injury in his senior season, which before then could potentially be the reason why he got hurt. It was the downplay of his knee injury. Um, along with the fact that I don't know if you can necessarily blame the head coach. I mean, the head coach maybe told the medical team, like, hey, this kid needs to play. You know, he's the star of the team. Um, you never really know. But the medical team, you know, their job is to keep the players healthy. And if he's not healthy and not happy with his body, uh, that's really a big problem with the medical team. Yeah. So. The, the, the only thing that brings up concern to me was that Bryce Aiken, a transfer from Harvard, going to Seton Hall, I don't think he was even healthy to play, and he was supposed to uh, to play for Seton Hall. I think he was supposed to be 100. percent I don't think he ever played, so that 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 bring up brings up some concerns about the medical team at Seton Hall, but as well. But um, let's move on. So Musa Sise going from Memphis to Oklahoma State. How about that, John? I I think that Musa Sise did. I don't know why he transferred to Oklahoma State in specifics. He could have stayed at Memphis or gone to a lot of other schools, but. 
Oklahoma State is going to be a very interesting fit. Um, they're just coming off a season where they really relied on Cade Cunningham to do a bulk of essentially everything on offense. So maybe we see Musa Cisse being thrown into that role as well. Um, but I just think that this was a very interesting move on his part is really my synopsis of the situation. Yeah, Ethan? Well, my personal thought, like I said earlier, Penny Hardaway's had a very tough time keeping his top star in Memphis, Tennessee. And Musa Cisse transferring to Oklahoma State kind of scares me to a very certain point of is Penny Hardaway doing something wrong? And Musa Cisse was also a five-star coming out of high school. So this kid clearly has the talent to do big things and play in the league eventually. But I just think that Penny Hardaway, Penny Hardaway and Shaga Smart are very similar to me. They both get big time recruits, five stars, you name it, anywhere in the country, they're flying out and coming there. But when they're on the court together, it doesn't look too good. And everything's very overhyped due to the magnitude of these prospects. And I just think that Penny Hardaway and Shaka Smart are in a very similar situation in that regard. Yeah, let's take a look at our next headline. Marcus Carr, former Minnesota star, uh, is debating between playing pro and going to John's favorite school, the University of Texas. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, John, let's let's hear uh, your rant so we can go to Ethan and not waste our time. John? Well, Texas's backcourt is freaking insane, man. Um, Devin Askew, Courtney Ramey. Uh, Drew Dot, Andrew Jones. I mean, we have a loaded backcourt. You had Marcus Carr. Uh, sorry, I forgot Jalen Tyson. Jalen Tyson as well. You had Marcus Carr for that backcourt and with our amazing frontcourt at the moment. I mean, we're the best team in college basketball. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care that Gonzaga is reloading with Chet Holmgren. I don't care that UCLA's got Johnny Duzang and Chris Smith back. I don't care that Alabama's Alabama. I think that Texas, if we get Marcus Carr, is going to be... Potentially the best team in college basketball. All right, that's it from the Texas fan. Ethan? Well, first off, I will say predictions, according to Jeff Goodman, he's been right with Kevin O'Banner, said Texas Tech. He has Kofi Coburn coming back to Illinois, which according to apparently a source says that's actually happening. I'm not sure yet. We'll wait until it comes out of his mouth. And he has Marcus Carr going to Texas. Although supposedly he's looking at going pro in New Zealand. I want to see what's going to happen with that. Because Marcus Carr was a beast at Minnesota. And truthfully, you'd think that he'd want to go pro, make money, but with an NIL, Texas is a huge market. And with Marcus Carr there, Texas is almost an obvious for number one. I would actually have to agree with John there and put Texas at one if they get Marcus Carr. And if a lot of people are saying that Marcus Carr to Texas is actually going to happen, then that's a scary thought for college basketball. All right. Moving on to our featured topic for today's episodes, we're talking about opening season tournaments, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do, uh, this is how it'll all work. We ranked it from worst to best and a public disclaimer that we have not uh, ranked any tournaments that are not completed. And let's list them off now. Uh, such as the Texas Tech MTE, Rainbow Classic, Washington State MTE, Battle in the Blue Ridge, Roadrunner Invitational, Jersey Mike's Classic, Island of the Bahamas Showcase, CSUN MTE, Gotham Classic, and Naples Invitational. We will not be ranking because they are not completed yet. 
But let's start at number, uh, let's start at the worst one, <laughs> Youngstown State MTE, which con- consists of Eastern Michigan, Niagara, and SIU Edwardsville. Nothing of note there. Move on. Move on. Okay. Now we're moving to the Longwood UMTC MTE. They're sharing one uh, between American, Longwood, UMBC, and Western Carolina. All low-level mid-major schools continue. Uh, Ethan, do you want to get something in before John cuts you off? No, I'll let him keep cutting me off, actually. He's been spot on with exactly what I would have said. Okay, cool. Um, The Florida Atlantic MTE in Boca Raton, Florida, between Florida Atlantic, North Dakota, Troy, and University of Texas, Martin. Um, I mean, North Dakota has shown flashes of being good in previous years, but outside of that, I just don't think there's anything notable. I don't either, but this this next one um, uh, is pretty good. I, I, actually, I don't think it's that bad. Um, Georgia State, Howard, William & Mary, High Point, and this is the High Point MTE in High Point, North Carolina, in their new Nido Cubane Arena. Ain't nobody care, baby. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, with Ron Hunter Sr. leading Georgia State, McCurma, I mean, this was not this offseason. This was previous offseason. But Howard losing McCurr-McCurr and High Point being High Point, uh, just to laugh at Benson a little bit. Um, I just don't think this is that notable either. Okay, so by the way, uh, public disclaimer, I did miss one because I'm blind. Uh, so third to worst, we're going to go with the uh, – we're not going to say much about this, but the U of uh, – just to acknowledge they exist. U of New Orleans, MTE, Central Arkansas, New Orleans, Presbyterian, VMI. Move on. All right, yeah. yeah. Thank right, you. Get, I want to talk about the high point one a little bit because I have missed the past couple because of John and you. Yeah. <laughs> but Georgia State, one of the better teams, Sun Belt, whatever. What are, what are we going to say about them besides that? It's the Sun Belt. They're not known for their basketball. They're known for their football. Howard, losing McCurr McCurr. Yeah, that's huge. William & Mary is actually a solid school. I think that Ben can definitely back me up on that. Williams & Mary. I do. And I'll get into that in a minute, but continue. Yeah. And then high point being high point, whatever. They are technically on the rise. They are making offers to players like Jalen Carruth and like some other top three, four star players. Yeah. No, I, I, I want to say that Howard losing McCore Maker is huge. Georgia State's a really good team, as Ethan said, in the Sun Belt. Uh, William and Mary is a very underrated team in the Colonial. And the problem with High Point is this is this has only been a few years into Tubby Smith's uh, tenure, and they've mostly only gotten local kids because most people haven't heard of them. But now they're actually getting on the rise by recruiting more students and expanding their college by offering top-notch facilities and dorms. So they're going to be a team on the rise in the future, and hosting this classic will definitely help them. Um, but let's move on to the Chattanooga MTE. UNC Asheville, Tennessee Tech. Chattanooga. Personally, I think this um, isn't too bad. I think that Tennessee Tech isn't that good of a team, but Chattanooga and UNC Asheville are consistent tournament contenders in their conferences, respectively. So I think this is a pretty solid major tournament if anyone wants to try and tune in for some good major basketball. Agreed. UNC Asheville is always, you know, right on that little edge of their conference making the tournament. And this upcoming year, Let's see if it'll be any different. UNC Asheville, also a part of the Big South Conference with High Point and Winthrop. Moving on, 
We take a look at the Florida Gulf Coast MTE with Florida Gulf Coast, of course, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Western Michigan, and Southeastern Louisiana. In all honesty, Florida Gulf Coast is probably going to win this unless Purdue, Fort Wayne goes, I believe it was 2018 Purdue, Fort Wayne mode where they beat Indiana, which was just hilarious. Um, You know, I think this isn't of much note. I think this is going to be a bit of a cakewalk for FGCU, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm taking a look at some of these teams, and I'm not really impressed. I feel like this is just a tournament for FGCU to get dubs, and I think I think they will get them. Uh, but, Ethan? I really agree with you. I think Florida Gulf Coast, ever since they had their little dunk city run, the NCAA has tried to, like, not necessarily push them, but, like, give them a little bit of, hey, remember this? Let's talk about this but we're actually going to kind of sponsor them almost by putting them on national television. Yeah. I I would even just say that they're really, um, they're just really trying to showcase Florida Gulf Coast. I honestly think the high point tournament's better, but I don't want to start a debate about that. Let's move on. Um, Let's go with the Nebraska MTE, Nebraska, Southern Tennessee, Southern Tennessee State. Yeah. Jesus. And South Dakota. Any, anyone have anything to say about that? Yeah. I Nebraska, this is not a warm-up for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is really going to prove. They got a five-star, Bryce McGowan's number 26 in the nation. They got number 98 in the nation, Wilhelm Breidenbach. This is going to be show- letting these two run wild almost. Like what? They've gotten two also top transfers in Kean Edwards and C.J. Wiltshire. Like, this is Nebraska's to win. Like, they need to prove that they might be able to make their first ever March Madness tournament winning it a game because they've never won a March Madness game. Wait a sec, Ethan. I think you for So, wait, it's Southern, right? It's I, I don't think it's Southern Tennessee State because I think someone forgot to put a comma in this. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, the team, the team Southern. Yeah, the yeah. team Southern. Yeah, someone yeah. forgot to put a comma. So, thank Either you way. for that. Either way, it doesn't matter. Nebraska's taking it. No, I agree. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that um, – I, I don't think it's a cakewalk, but I think they should be winning easily. Um, this missing comma is presented by Unwrapped Sports Network, by the way. Uh, Furman MTE, uh, Furman, Navy, Radford. I mean, taking a look – I'm going to go first on this one. Taking a look at the Furman Paladins, they're an underrated team. They beat Nova a few years back before Penn did. And I, 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 they, they've been a good team in the past. I want to see what they do against a Patriot League team and a good team in Radford. Um, Ethan? You know, personally, I would almost say that this might be the best, like, only mid-major one. Just looking at this, I love Furman. Navy probably should have won the Patriot last year. Colgate, you know, it was Colgate. And Radford has had a lot of success within the past decade. And in my opinion, I think that Radford is a great team in the Big South. I mean, that Furman, even though they haven't made the tournament since 1980, is still a really good team in the SoCon. They always give a lot of teams a run for their money. And Navy overall has been a traditionally solid basketball program. So I think this is going to be a pretty solid MTE. From, from... Did you guys agree? I yeah, agree. For sure. Right, moving on. The College of Car- Charleston MTE between the College of Charleston, Loyola, Maryland, South Carolina State, and Lipscomb. 
That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Yeah. You, you're just going to laugh at everything? Okay, John. Let's see how it is. All right, moving on then. Uh, DePaul MTE. DePaul, Eastern Michigan, Northern Kentucky, Western Illinois. Do, why do we put these above so many other tournaments? I can tell you exactly why. DePaul needs to get wins before the Big East says, you know, we want to kick you out. This is DePaul's year to surprise everyone. Northern Kentucky is always one of the better teams in their conference. Mm-hmm. Western Illinois is Western Illinois. You're not expecting anything from them. And Eastern Michigan is always in the middle of the pack of the Mac. All right, John, any thoughts, or are you just going to move on? If DePaul loses, manages to lose a game in this, just kick them out of the Big East at this point. That's a fair statement. All right, moving on. At the Orleans Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, we're looking at the Las Vegas Invitational between New Mexico, San Francisco, Towson, and UAB. UAB is going to be a sleeper in this tournament. Let me just start that off real quickly. Um, I believe the two best teams in this tournament, if San Francisco plays like they did last year, it'll be UAB and San Francisco. I completely agree. Ethan? This is San Francisco's to lose. New Mexico, you could say, but I'm sorry. I think that if I were to predict this, I know we're not necessarily predicting, it goes San Francisco, New Mexico, UAB, Towson. New Mexico, though, at one point a couple years ago, was ranked number 90 in the scale, which were was ahead of all these teams. But let's move on. Uh, the Hoop Group MTE Classic between Merrimack, NJIT, Lehigh, and Rutgers. This has to be between Lehigh and Rutgers, honestly. NJIT can show flashes, and they can be good at times. I don't know what the heck Merrimack does. And Lehigh and Rutgers has to be the two teams. You mean Rutgers? This is Rutgers to lose. No, I get that, but I'm saying in the finals, it has to. If, unless they're playing each other in the first round, it has to be Rutgers Lehigh. For sure. John. I mean, Rutgers. If Rutgers manages to lose a game, then just kick them out of the Big Ten. That's all I have to say. Also. Uh, Mary Mac is still in their transition period from D2 to D1. So if anybody or not in this MTE in this tournament manages to lose to Mary Mac, they should also just get demoted. All right. We'll see what Mary Mac does in that tournament. Okay. This is kind of an embarrassing tournament. Shout out to Garrett from Iowa. Uh, the Iowa MTE between North Carolina, Central, Alabama State, Iowa. Move on. Is Give that- me Alabama State. Give, give it. Uh, Alabama State that was like oh, like three forty one at some point <laughs> in the last couple of years. All right, let's move on. Shout out to Garrett from Iowa, by the way, part of Unwrapped Sports Network. Um, uh, yeah, let's move into the Abe Levins Classic, which is actually you know somewhat better than Iowa. Yeah. So not, not much. All right, so the Abe Levins Classic, Cal Baptist, Texas, North Northern Carolina, San Jose State. Um, we'll give the Texas fan a, like ten seconds of talk, John. <laughs> Uh, Texas gets a K through on this just to real quickly, not Northern Carolina, Northern Colorado. Yeah. That's a, just a slight difference. Are, there. Are, are you embarrassed to be playing these teams in a tournament and couldn't find a better tournament? Um, I like getting free wins and I like also letting all of our players have a chance to dominate. So I'm cool. Okay. Uh, moving on because Ethan, I don't think, do you have any input on this? The only input I can say, Texas better be winning each game. By 20 points. That's fair. San Jose State is a solid program, though. So maybe we maybe we win by 25 as opposed to 40. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to the Kentucky MTE. Between Kentucky, four, uh, NCAA tournament team last year, Mount St. Mary's, another NCAA tournament team in Ohio, and Andy Tools team in Robert Morris. All right, um, hear me out on this one. Kentucky's obviously coming back from their crap last year. They're going to be in the top of the SEC like usual. Mount St. Mary's, solid program, but UK should, you know, sweep the floor with them. Ohio losing Jason Preston has no chance. Ohio is going to fall back to where they usually are in the mat, and unless they can find another player that's like, I want to be the next Jason Preston, like a high two-star, low three-star, or like even up to high three-star, they're not getting much. Give me Kentucky by 80 each game. Next. All right, next. This is sort of a weird tournament. This has teams that are big, that are kind of prestigious names, but uh, and that were good in the past, but I don't see it anymore. So we're taking a look at Akron, App State, Delaware, Evansville, Fordham, Oakland, Rice, and Vermont. Let me, start, let me start first. Taking a look at Evansville, yeah, they had that one good game against whoever they upset. I think it was Kentucky, right? It was, it was Duke, I think. Oh, yeah, it was Duke. Uh, no, no, I think it was Kentucky. Oh, well, yeah, it was. My, my bad. It was Kentucky. Okay. That was a good game, and that's how they're known right now. So that's how they're in it. Delaware, good colonial team. Uh App State's pretty good. O- Oakland, we'll see about that. Uh, we did yeah. interview their coach, so shout yes. out. Uh, shout out, Camp. Yeah, yeah. Fordham, that is a surprising team that they're in it. They were in the 300s last year. And remember, there's only 341 teams. So I'm surprised that they're in this tournament. And Vermont, of course, coming out, um, not winning their conference last year. They're going to be hungry. Give me Vermont, honestly. Vermont, in their respective conference, is – usually getting snubbed from the tournament every year. And the one year they did make an impressive tournament run, or they didn't make a run, but they played Florida State, who made the Elite Eight that year extremely close. And Florida State is known to have a lot of athletes, and Vermont isn't. So I think that's a really solid program that they have in up in Vermont. And I think they take this pretty easily. Yeah. You know, my pick's actually Oakland here. Really? Really. Is that biased? Is that biased? I, I, I feel like that's biased. I, that's not biased. If I had bias, I'd be choosing Appalachian State because I'm a huge fan of the Sun Belt. I think App State. Listen, Sun Belt's not known for basketball. We'll put it that way. They're known for last year Coastal Carolina in football taking over, Louisiana taking over, and Appalachian State beating Michigan when they were an FCS team. So I think that Oakland does, like Coach Camp said, huge talent level between Oakland and the top teams, but they can still compete because they have the better system. All right, let's move on. I like this tournament, actually. It's the Duke MTE. Good team in Army from the Patriot Conference, Campbell from the Big South, Duke, and Hartford off an NCAA tournament berth. They're first in their history. I think this is a solid warm-up for Duke relative to some other MTEs. I think just as Ben said, uh, Campbell usually Campbell had a really I for, I I'm unfortunately I forget the guy's name, but Campbell had a really 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 good score who's making an impact in the NBA right now. So they've shown that they can produce good players out of that program. Army shout out Colton Benson, Austin, Texas is going there. Will be a freshman next year. We'll carry that team. I'm just kidding. But Army's usually a pretty solid program. Um, and then we have Hartford, as Ben said, just came off their first tournament appearance ever. Really cool story there. But I think Duke wins each game by fifty. Yeah, they really should. There's nothing for me to say here. Let's just move on to the next one. 
All right, the Southern California challenge between Cal Poly, Fresno State, Idaho, uh, Idaho, and Nickel State. Uh, I want to hear, Ethan and John, your reasoning why we put this ahead of Duke's tournament. All right, here's my very simple reasoning. Fresno State is always a very solid team. Very solid as in they're better than the three teams besides Duke in that tournament. Pepperdine, same thing. Santa Clara, same thing. And TCU, they could be within 15 points of Duke. So I think that just because all the talent in this 18 tournament is better than a cakewalk of Duke's four team. Yeah. All but right. I that Pepperdine has Colby Ross, very solid player, first team, um, West Coast Conference, and NBA draft potential. Um, he's not returning, but they have players like that over there, Pepperdine. So they have a potential to upset a lot of teams outside of, you know, Gonzaga and St. Mary's in their conference. And also TCU should win this tournament, but I think that just as Ethan said, Fresno State is going to give them a run for money along with Pepperdine. So we'll see. But I think this is going to be a pretty solid tournament in terms of mid-major teams really going at it and trying to take down TCU. All right. So taking a look at the Cancun Challenge, um, Buffalo, Stephen F. Austin, Illinois State, St. Louis, Middle Tennessee, uh, Ryder, Bucknell, and Mercer. This is Buffalo's. I'm sorry. If you have any team in this winning but Buffalo, you're crazy. There's a lot of solid mid-major conference teams, but Buff- this is Buffalo's. John- I think that Stephen F. Austin is on the come up in the Southland. So they, they are. I'm not saying give me Stephen F. Austin, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo and Stephen Austin are pitted against each other in their side of the bracket and Stephen F. Austin. But, but, what, but what if the Billikens actually come out and played like they did in the first half of the season last year? They are dangerous if they do that. They are, if they, they do are. that, but Hassan French isn't coming back and their team is clearly overrated. I mean, I think that I don't know what on planet Earth the people who decide the rankings did putting St. Louis in their top 25 preseason, but they showed last year that they can't sustain that for a long period of time. So give me Buffalo, but wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Austin or Bucknell came away with a W against Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a look at the crossover classic between a, a good A-10 team in George Mason, Nevada, South Dakota State, and Washington. I really like this tournament because the mid-major here in George Mason, they're a good team, uh, uh, just like South Dakota State, Washington, and Nevada um, in your Power Five. All right, I think this will be competitive for Washington. Um, obviously, with them losing their two best players from last year, they're not going to be as good. But wait, wait, wait. T- time out. Washington at one point was one of our worst Power Five schools. They were the worst Power Five. Remember, Ethan? Yes, I do remember that. Which, personally, my pick in this is Nevada. Because, personally, they're my pick to win that Mountain West Conference. As of today. That can change. But as of today, it's Nevada. I, I think that I would be very surprised if any team besides Nevada or Washington won this tournament. But if I saw a team that wasn't those two in the I wouldn't be surprised if I saw George Mason or South Coast State holding up a trophy. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, let's go with the Sunshine Slam. That's a very unique tournament name. Boston College, Rhode Island, the Roadies, Tulsa, Utah Air Force, Holy Cross, uh, Bryant, and Bethune-Cookman. I mean, I like this tournament too. Like the, the These are looking good I, with the outlier of maybe Bethune-Cookman. 
and Holy Cross, but I do like these schools in this. For sure. Uh, Utah's always solid. Rhode Island's Rhode Island. When, when Rhode Island's Rhode Island, they're good. This is their year. Them and Vermont both. And then Boston College is a bottom power five team. In my opinion, I think that you give me Utah on this, and Rhode Island honestly won't be that good because they lost Fats Russell. But I think that if Boston College manages to get a game out of this, maybe even from Utah, I wouldn't be too surprised. But honestly, Holy Cross isn't notable whatsoever. Bethan Cookman isn't notable whatsoever. Bryant isn't notable whatsoever. So I think this is a bit – this is not my favorite tournament personally, but um, a game between Boston College and Utah would be pretty entertaining. All right, moving on. This is one of my favorite mid-major tournaments. The U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam, Bradley, Colorado State, Brown, Creighton, Northeastern, Duquesne, Southern Illinois, Colorado. Let me go into this for a sec. Brown, one of the, probably the worst mid-major in this tournament, will be a contender for the Ivy League tournament. And remember, Ivy League tournament only can have the top four teams. I they are going to be a good team. They've beaten Rhode Island in the past, and I think they I, I think they have a chance to do it this year with the team they have. Creighton is I don't know what's going on with them, but they should be good. Uh, Bradley, Colorado State, Colorado. These are big names we have in this tournament. Exactly, which is why I have the biggest name of all, Creighton, winning it. I think that with the McDermott allegations, Creighton's gonna be a little shaken up to start the season. I think that's gonna be a little weird. I think they're going to lose a few games. They're going to come out strong. But personally, give me Colorado State. Colorado State is going to be a very, very solid team this year. Uh, potentially one of even one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Mountain West Conference. And I think that Brown and Bradley and Duquesne, Southern Illinois, don't really stand a chance. Colorado lost McKinley Wright and all the other best players. Um, so I think it's going to be between Creighton and Colorado State. Give me Colorado State to win this one. I don't think Brown will win, but I think with guys like Obi Okoli and just the stuff they have, I, I, I actually know Okoli grabbing it. I think it's Cho, the guy who's really good. I mean, they, they, they at least pose a chance against some of the teams they're playing, but let's move on. We are moving on to the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Too long of a name, just my opinion. Yeah, yeah too long of a name, but this is probably my favorite tournament. BYU, Hawaii, Liberty, uh, South Florida, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Wyoming. You and I, I'm not sure if you said, but yeah. You and I, yeah. Yeah, nor- here's the thing. My thing with this tournament, BYU is going to be a great team this year. Maybe not great, that's an overstatement, but they're going to be a good team. Hawaii, they're never great, but they're always within that like top 200 area, typically. Liberty is Liberty. Northern Iowa had a bum season. They're going to come back. South Florida... They'll have their moments, and then Stanford's retaining one of the Mobley brothers. We're not, my bad, not Stanford. They're retaining one. Stanford's retaining one of their big men. I'm forgetting the name. And then Vanderbilt, Scotty Pippen Jr. is going to lead this team in scoring again. And Wyoming's Wyoming, so that's iffy. But just the fact of Vanderbilt, Liberty, and BYU, those three teams are going to be fun to watch. All right, moving on to the Hall of Fame Showcase, Central Connecticut State, uh, North Carolina State, UMass, Lowell, and Oklahoma State. It's two schools. It's literally two schools. UMass Lowell's the, uh, the third, but Central Connecticut State has no chance. 
Right. I think that Oklahoma State and NC State is going to be a really fun matchup to watch. Hopefully they're pitted each other against opposite sides of the bracket so that they each get a free dub and then play each other. But Musa State with Oklahoma State and NC State, a riser in the ACC relative to last year's disappointing performance, is going to be a very interesting game to watch. And by the way, let's let's not disregard that UMass Lowell was in the championship game for their conference. They did lose to Hartford, but they did make the championship, beating several teams along the way. All right. My favorite tournament of them all. All right, we can skip this one. No, just, Oklahoma, Oklahoma wins it. Let's move on to that. Stop it. Stop it. Let me do my thing. <laughs> Stop it. Davidson, Eastern, uh, East Carolina, Indiana State, New Mexico uh, State, Oklahoma, Old Dominion, Penn, and Utah State. Let me go first. Go right ahead. You have 30 seconds. Uh, thanks. I'm going to take as much time as I need. I don't think there is a game that Penn cannot absolutely has no chance, maybe an outlier of Oklahoma, maybe. But I think that this will be a very competitive tournament until the end where Oklahoma wins it all. But I think it's not going to be a cakewalk for sure. I think most of the games in this tournament will be decided within single digits. You know, I agree with you on that, with the exception of any Oklahoma game. No, I I, I honestly think that they will be held within nine points, seriously. I think that um, Tanner and Jacob Groves and Jordan Goldwire and – uh, Noland, I can't remember his first name. I think it's TJ Nolan from Waxahachie. Oklahoma's going to be a good team next year. And I genuinely don't think any other team in this this tournament can compete with them. Um, that's plain and simple what it is. What? Davidson, maybe. Davidson, give me a maybe. But yeah. that's not that. No. But, yeah. I, but, but honestly, wherever Penn's ranked, I think they can win one or two games. I don't think that in the early rounds where they get matched up against a team of their level, I don't think they're losing that game. I think they'll move a couple rounds up, just my personal opinion. Absolutely not happening. Penn will lose every game of the season. Move on. Thank you so much, John. You're so nice. Anyway, Emerald Coast Classic between LSU, Oregon State, Penn State, Wake Forest, McNeese State, St. Francis, I think Brooklyn or PA? Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay, thank you. Uh, North Carolina A&T and Stamp and Sanford. I, I'll go first for a minute. That Wake Forest under Danny Manning was terrible. Honestly, atrocious, horrible. I mean, because adding Wake Forest in this tournament is absolutely just a name. Honestly, but some of the other teams in this, Penn State's not horrible. LSU's not horrible. Oregon State did something weird last year where they just took the whole pack by storm. Not happening again. This is just a names tournament. I don't think it's like too much talent. I disagree. I think this is LSU's. I really think that LSU. I think with Ben Thomas leaving, it's gonna be a little more difficult, though. It will be a bit more difficult. But like, I hate LSU. They took Adam L from Illinois. I'd take any opportunity to crap on LSU, but this is LSU's. They have a good team. I think that Ethan Thompson departing is gonna hurt Oregon State. Penn State is on the rise. So maybe they win it, but the mid-major in this tournament aren't that good. Maybe Sanford wins a few games, uh, but give me for sure LSU or Penn State, yeah. and Sanford maybe wins a few games. Penn Not State, very notable. Yeah, Penn State trying to build up from losing a couple years ago, Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Shriners Children's Charleston Classic. Hmm. Boise State, Clemson, Elon, Marquette, Ole Miss, St. Bonnie's, Temple, West Virginia. I, I can already tell you the two worst teams in this tournament by heart. Temple and Elon. 
Those are your two worst teams. Temple's been terrible the past few years, and I don't know what Elon's going to do, but they're not going to survive in this tournament with these teams. So those let, me get, let me get a quick one in. Marquette is going to be under the Shaka effect. I already talked about it a little bit this episode, but Shaka got a ton of good recruits this year. We're talking five stars, four stars, transfers from Texas, you name it, he got them. And they're going to have a lot more talent than they were team in the Big East, but I just don't think they're going to be that good. So in this tournament, give me either Ole Miss, St. Bonnie, or West Virginia. I completely agree. Ethan, yeah. anything else? Really, Boise State losing their best player is going to hurt. You know, Clemson's never the best team in the ACC by any stretch of the imagination. Marquette, Chaka effect, they'll be up there. But my opinion, it's going to be St. Bonnie in West Virginia. All right. Let's hurry it up because we got a lot to do. So, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Illinois, uh, Kansas State. I'll take this one first. Arkansas lost a lot. You have 30 seconds. Cincinnati. They're always good. Illinois, if they retain Kofi Coburn, this is theirs to lose. And Kansas State is not great. So we'll put it like that. It should, with Illinois playing Cincinnati first, they should beat them. It's probably going to be an Illinois-Arkansas final, which Illinois should be able to take. John, are, John, just a question for you. Are we all in agreement that we don't want Kofi Coburn to go to Illinois? Um, It's very looking likely that he is, unfortunately. No, no, no. Not, not, that, not that he's likely. It's that the, us two don't want it. I would, I would be very, I'd be very disappointed if he chose to go back to Champaign. I agree. All right, this is why I'm making sure that when we switch recording software, I get a mute button. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, uh, the NIT season tip off. The last one was a Hall of Fame classic, power, powered by Shot Tracker, by the way. NIT season tip off: Iowa State, Memphis, Virginia Tech, and Xavier. Anyone? Give me Vautech. I don't think Memphis is going to do anything notable because we already kind of talked about Penny Hardaway. Not the best coach. Uh, but Iowa State is going to look to come up from being literally the worst team in the Big 12 by a wide margin. I think they won one Big 12 conference game. No, they won zero. They won zero Big 12 conference games. So they're going to look to rebound off of that atrocious season. And True. But I, will, I will say this. Xavier is looking very, very, very good. Zach Fremantle. Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving on, we got the Legends Classic presented by Old Trapper. Georgia, Northwestern, Providence, and Virginia. All right. Just talking about this straight up. Georgia lost Wheeler to Duke. We're not Duke, my bad, Kentucky. I, for some reason, keep messing up those two schools today. Yeah, Northwestern, who is a brink to top 20. 2025 team somewhere in there yeah providence who's providence not great and then you got virginia who is virginia it should be who is virginia did you see that yeah virginia the virginia should win this but i would not be surprised northwestern all right moving on uh the wooden legacy i like this tournament except for one school st joe's san diego state Georgetown, USC. All right, taking a look at St. Joe's, they were terrible. Only four wins on the year last year. Georgetown had a miracle. USC, San Diego State, this is their tournament. It's USC's tournament for sure. I agree. All right, now let's move on. 
to the Fort Myers tip-off. This is one of my favorite tournaments. Cal, Florida, Ohio State, Seton Hall, Bowling Green, Milwaukee, Southern Utah, Yale. Let me start by saying Milwaukee got that big recruit. They're going to they're gonna be an interesting team in this tournament. Yale yeah, is always a good Ivy League team, always in near the top 40 to 80 range. Bowling Green, good Power 5 schools. Seton Hall, Southern Utah, I think, is the outlier here. Yeah, because they are. Milwaukee with Patrick Baldwin Jr., that's going to be very interesting. Florida and Ohio State and Seton Hall are obviously the three favorites, but obviously Milwaukee and Patrick Baldwin Jr. are going to put on a show, and I would not be surprised to see them in the semifinals. I just don't think that they can make it there. I'm picking Ohio State to win this one. I think that Seton Hall is going to give Ohio State a run for their money. I think Florida's going to be back. This is just an overall great tournament. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if we see Milwaukee winning this one. Pat Baldwin Jr., is a top three player in his class and is it going to be a great NBA player as well. And there's not really much to say after that loaded tournament. Jacksonville classic, Loyola Marymount, SMU, uh, Missouri, and Florida state university. Upset alert. Give me Loyola Marymount retaining Eli Scott. One of the best players in all of the WCC. Give me Loyola Marymount upset alert. All right. All right. So John's on something. I'm going to say too much Mountain Dew last night. This is obviously going to be between Florida State and either SMU or Missouri. All right. Moving on to the Cable Beach Championship, Louisville, Maryland, Mississippi State, and Richmond. Richmond being the non-Power 5 school, but still a very good basketball program, was in the 40s in the rankings last year. Yeah, Richmond's amazing. Louisville's amazing. Maryland's on the up-and-come and Mississippi State also. This is probably my favorite four-team tournament to watch besides Illinois because that one's biased reasons. But Louisville has a sane roster this year. Mississippi State has one of the best big men in the entire NCAA, and Richmond's retaining a lot of its key focus pieces there. All right, John? Honestly, Ethan covered it. The base is really well. I think Richmond has a chance of winning this. Maryland's going to be loaded this year, though. In all honesty, give me Maryland if I had to pick, but every team besides Mississippi State really has a chance of winning this tournament. All right, the Roman main event between Arizona, Wichita State, Michigan, and UNLV. UNLV being the outlier in this. Phenomenal tournament. Um, Wichita State losing their coach is a little tough due to all that horrible, all those horrible allegations pressed against him. But in all honesty, it's between Arizona and Michigan, and Michigan with John Howard is just looking unstoppable. So I think you give me Michigan, but I would not be surprised if Arizona or even with Plus State came out with the W here. All right. Ethan, quick thing. Honestly, John, you just covered that perfectly. Arizona probably should be the loser here to Michigan in the finale, but I would not be surprised if UNLV makes it that far. All right. Moving on to the Maui Invitational, a talked-about tournament each year because of Chaminade, who's in it, Butler, Houston, Oregon, St. Mary's, Texas A&M, Wisconsin. In this tournament, I'm looking to see a big performance out of Houston because Houston didn't really play that many good schools until you know tournament time last year, and even then they had a really easy run to the Final Four. So I'm looking for Houston – I know they don't have Quentin Grimes, but I'm looking for them to do some big things in this tournament. I'm looking for Butler to also have a bounce back here, and I'm looking for St. Mary's to cause some havoc. Wisconsin and Oregon should be dominating, and Texas A&M, they can lose every game, and I really wouldn't care. Chaminade, it's kind of cool that they're in there, but overall, I think this is going to be Oregon and Wisconsin's tournament. 
But St. Mary's, Butler, and Houston also have chances of winning. All right. All right. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis. Arizona State, Auburn, Baylor, UConn, Loyola, Chicago, Michigan State, uh, Syracuse, and VCU. All right. Starting this off, Arizona State, they need something here. If we're being 100% honest, they need to make it far. Auburn's falling off without Cooper. Baylor falling off without their top star players. But I think this is UConn versus Michigan State. Those are my – if I had to pick two teams that I think would be competing for this, those are my two. Yeah, let's uh, move on to our second last one, uh, the ESPN Events Invitational, Alabama, Belmont, Dayton, Drake, Iona, Kansas, uh, University of Miami, Florida, North Texas. Bama is going to be insane next year. I think this is a really evenly put tournament. Um, I believe Hamlet's returning to North Texas, if I'm not wrong. So they're going to be really good again. Lorena is going to try and pull his team back together after having a few disappointing years. Kansas, always perennial great team. Shout out KJ Adams from Austin, Texas, going there this year. Uh, Iona for Patino. Um, despite them being in the MAC and you know they have a little too much hype to their name, I think they are a really good defensive team, and they're still a really good team regardless of what conference they're in. Drake is projected to win the MVC. So we'll see how they play, but they're supposed to be a really good team this year. Dayton, Dayton's going to be great. They're always a solid program. And Belmont is always a solid program out of the OVC. So it's a really good tournament. If I had to pick a team, though, give me Bama or Kansas, probably Kansas. Yeah, this is going to be between Bama, Kansas, and personally, I'm going to say Drake is the one mid-major that I love in this thing. Just because they're retaining a lot of their key pieces besides, you know, Yesifu who went to Kansas. I think that Drake is going to be the main factor in this thing that knocks out a couple of these power schools all right last one the air force reserve hall of fame tip-off presented by city holy crap that's a long name um unc purdue tennessee nova i i I, honestly i don't think there's a lot to say to this because this is the best tournament out there yeah for sure sure the best thing out there every single one of these teams maybe besides tennessee can win it yeah all right, let's do this quickly before we end the episode. I'm not going to go too in-depth about this, um, but I just want to name some notable teams that may be put into tournaments later because not all tournaments are completed yet. Remember, UCF, Georgia Tech, Indiana, UC Irvine, uh, UC Santa Barbara, James Madison, UNCW, which is, of course, North Carolina, Wilmington, Marshall, all the Ivy League teams except Yale, Penn, and Brown. Remember – Princeton and Harvard, uh, two of the top four Ivy teams, are not in tournaments yet, but knowing Tommy Amaker and Mitch Henderson, they'll find themselves in one at least. UCLA, Moorhead State, Murray State, Colgate, Wofford, Oral Roberts, and Gonzaga. All right. Gonzaga not being in tournaments surprising, personally. You figured they'd be in one by now. Yeah, especially Oral Roberts. That's a name right now, household, because of their tournament run. Not to mention the turn to Max Asmus. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we conclude this episode today, we want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Creating Madness. Remember to check out our socials at, cre- uh, at uh, underscore Creating Madness and at ATR Madness. Those are our two socials out there, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to check out the Unwrapped Sports Network. Check out the Patreon as well. All right, that'll conclude this week's episode. We'll have another one for you next week. 
Uh, as for now, take care uh, and stay mad for college basketball.